to ESPN's The Far Post podcast. We are back with a Matilda's squad chat. We now have the squad in for the November windows with the games against Sweden and Thailand. So plenty to talk about. We have to dissect some big comebacks with two Ks and lots of other interesting uh, little tidbits within the squad. So obviously there's plenty to talk about and we have to crack straight into it. But before we begin, though, we want to acknowledge the traditional owners of the lands we're recording on today, the Wurundjeri people, and pay our respects to their elders past and present. I am ESPN's own Marissa Lord-Danik, as you may have heard in the last episode, but I'm also joined by Angela Christian-Wilkes and Anna Harrington for today's episode. So let's talk about this squad, gals. You will see, I assume, when Angela posts the screenshot on Instagram, I am in my Elise Kellen Knight jersey because it is a blessed day, friends. She's finally back. She's back with two Ks. Everything's just with two Ks. That's my recurring joke, and at least one of them will land in this episode, I'm hoping. But it's it's really the big news story. It's the good news story. It's something that we've been waiting for now for two years. She did her knee back in the middle of uh, June, July 2020 and just has had the worst run since. She was called back for the Olympics but didn't get on the pitch because she was still in pain and discomfort. There was that story, I think, on Keep Up where she had to undergo more surgery and now she has little bits of her knee and little jars just hanging out in her house. It was really gross and disgusting but she's finally back We don't know if that means she will be on the pitch. We hope it means she will be on the pitch. Some fun dates and stats and numbers. She last played for the Matildas the 11th of March 2020 in the 2-1 win over Vietnam in the Olympic qualifiers. And as it stands today, we're recording on the 31st, it's 964 days since she has put on a Matildas kit. So I cannot tell you how excited I am that she is back and the thought of a fully fit KK adding to this midfield problem that we've already kind of discussed, especially in the last episode we were talking about what the Matilda's midfield should look like. If we're adding a fully fit KK into that equation, like good luck to Tony, but um, I'm so excited and so happy that she is back. How are you guys feeling about the big return of KK? I mean, first up, it's a great news story, right? Like it it seemed like maybe for a while there you wouldn't have blamed her if she'd opted to take the retirement path, like blow after blow, you get back from an ACL and you just have these really weird things. Like, as you said, Marissa, the, the nerve issue and the lump in her knee and the, um, the cartilage issue, like so many things. It was such a long road back just to get playing at club level. Um, yeah, it's it's quite incredible. It's a real testament to her personal strength and, and determination. And, yeah, I think the question is, can she get back to the KK? We all know and love. She's obviously been been doing well over in Sweden, getting, you know, game time, building up her confidence, fitness, form. Um, and it seems like her body is completely right as opposed to when she was called up for the Olympics and was had basically debilitating knee pain the whole time. And probably in hindsight, you go, probably shouldn't have taken her. Um, but you know, hindsight is twenty twenty. Obviously, yeah. If she, if she's fit and firing and can be back to the player that she was, or even close to that, it's a huge, massive boost. Because as much as we talked about what Katrina Gorey can do, and we've got to look at Claire Wheeler, they're probably the two the two highlights that we've seen. Um, 
Elise Kalanar is the most pure number six in this Matildas squad. Um, more than 100 caps, quality player, been to multiple World Cups. We're, like her pedigree, we know, is just incredible. And it's the the vision and the passing range that she has as a number six, um, the drive and punch and just her smarts and leadership. They're all things that have just been missed by the Matildas in, in midfield. And... Yeah, it's difficult um, to say, you know, how much they've missed her because once you get to a point, I think when when a player's out for a year or six months or six weeks and go, oh, they really miss this player. But it's actually really hard to quantify how much the Matildas miss Elise Kalanite because she's not been there for nearly three years. It's more than two and a half years. Um, but she just adds so much if she can get back to close to the player that she is. The other thing as well is it adds versatility. That's three different styles of sixes if you've got Gori, Wheeler and, and KK. Um Willow is obviously that more hustle and bustle, hard running, can drive forward, can pick a pass as well. Um, and we know what Gori, Gori's industriousness and her, her technical work is, is really fantastic as well. But KK, I think, is the most pure number six. And, um, yeah, hopefully she's somewhere near what we know she can be. Um, and there's really, let's be honest, there's no risk in bringing her in now. Like, you've got to look at her. You've got to see if she's okay. Um, it's good to have competition for places. Uh, it's we've talked about this. I don't think we want to see Emily Van Egmond playing as the six. We want to see her higher up the pitch if she's involved. And if you've got three really good six options and that sort of um, maybe negates the need to think about that pinch hitting role, I think it's fantastic. Hopefully um, she comes in and thrives and gives some really good headaches. Um, that's what I'd love to see. Um, but, yeah, you, you know, at the same time, I guess you've got to be patient as well because she has barely played, so... It's going to be really interesting. And I think it just adds more intrigue to selection. Angela? Yeah, I think the thing for me in terms of adding to the the depth that we have in the six space is also the leadership that she's going to add there. And I kind of like, in terms of her providing like an apprenticeship, I don't know, just having that, even that experience in camp um, and the the knowledge and the the expertise that she has in that role will um, bring something um even if she's not going to get like significant minutes to start with um when coming back so yeah that's what is intriguing for me um but yeah big it's very relieving comforting name to see on the squad list um and yeah it, it she's such a determined person that it's it's really just nice. It's a nice feeling to see that she's she's back in the mix as well. And it also gives that option. I talk about one, like I've talked a bit like it's one or the other, but it gives you the option to push Katrina Gori higher up the pitch as well. We know she, what she can do there. We know how creative Alex Chidiak can be. It's it's really exciting. Um, I would like to see um, Gori and Chidiak given every opportunity to sort of replicate what they were able to do when they combined against Denmark. Um but I do like that there's um, variety. I'm going to steal a segue here, Marissa, because I love seeing um, Amy Sayer in this squad. She's um, been playing as more of an attacking midfielder for Stanford and been doing really well. I think it's her second call-up this year. And it's a bit of a slowly, slowly approach with her. But I'm I'm really excited. I, th- I think she can really, I, you know, jury's on how much game time she'll actually get, but she's a taller, stronger midfielder, um, got the height, strength. Uh, I think maybe it's like just a, quantity we don't have like obviously Emily Van Egmond is a taller midfielder but she doesn't play like a tall midfielder the way that um Lindsay Horan does 
if that makes sense. Uh, I just feel like Saya can add a, a different dimension. We saw her initially come through as more of a six, but she's been getting pushed forward a bit for for Stanford, and that's really exciting. She's holding her own. And, yeah, I, I'd love to see if she gets a run maybe against, it seems more likely it would be against Thailand, right, than Sweden. Um, but, again, it's just an exciting player to add to the mix. It's always good when you see a bit of, bit of variety and a, and a change up in there and yeah hopefully we get a bit of a look at it I was just going to say it's nice that it's nice when the variety is um out of choice as well and not due to injuries uh obviously this is the first announcement of the squad anything can happen but we're in a good place it's good it's good right now touch wood I don't love first announcement of the squad because we are very familiar with that, but you're so right in the versatility and I was thinking about it as well just because I'm not done talking about KK. We know that obviously she can play with Gori. That was, a you know, kind of crucial, integral part of Matilda's midfields gone by, but now we know that she can play with Akira Cooney-Cross. It's the hyphenated midfield of my dreams at Hammerby and they've been doing quite well from all accounts. Kyra's absolutely kicking goals over there. And KK, since she's been back, has done really well as well. So the fact that all of a sudden, not only are there these already established connections, there's all of these potential possibilities within the midfield. And then if you do want to throw in a Chidiac, which we, like you mentioned, Harrow, there's no reason why we shouldn't be seeing more of that. But then if you do want to try a sayer if you do want to give Van Eggs more of a go in a more uh, advanced position like there's just so many options and I feel like the thing with the KK that you kind of touched on Harrow was that when she's been gone for that long people just don't know they don't remember but for fans who did see her love her suffered as we watched her move to left back yada 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 Every time there were discussions about, mm, but what's the best midfield? Oh, like, why aren't they doing this in the midfield? Every conversation, it was like, do you understand that the Matildas are missing one of probably like first names on the team sheet from this midfield conversation? And with her inclusion and everyone else being healthy, all of a sudden it becomes a completely different situation. It's an entirely different conversation. I don't think some people appreciate that because they either forgot or never got to see what a KK Matilda's midfield look like so and but you were totally right in the sense that we probably need to or I specifically need to um temper expectations I'm thinking about it in a similar kind of way to um how we all approached Gori coming back where it was a big long layoff it was taxing physically and mentally and emotionally it's not a you know a small thing that you're coming back from it's a a pretty huge thing so I think if we can give her the the slowly slowly approach and let all these other midfielders that are now ready and available and in contention to do things as well it's only good stuff for the Tillies and slowly slow is a good way of putting it because the other thing to remember is as you say nearly three years since um since KK last played for Matildas but time and age can take its toll as well so she's 32 now she's not you know 26 and controlling the midfield she's a 32 year old who's had two knee recos in her career the second one with a lot of complications um she was battling soft tissue injuries in the lead up to the 2019 world cup which was why she actually played at left back because she injured herself um at was seattle i think at the time now ol rain and that calf injury just completely stalled her over and over again and she never really played as a as a six in that in that world cup because 
um, couldn't, you know, get her minutes up, obviously. So we haven't seen her play as the Matildas midfield regularly for a long time. So it's, yeah, it is going to be a bit of a bit of patience. And I, I do like that they sort of made her wait. They didn't call her in as soon as she was back playing for Hammerby. They um, got her to build some form, build some fitness, and that's really exciting. We'll just briefly go back over and say, I think it's four goals she might have scored for Stanford this year. So just when I say another goal, you know, potential uh, goal-scoring midfielder, I think that's something that we need more of. It was so good to see Chidiak and Gorey combine um, for that for that Gorey goal the other week against Denmark. And, yeah, it's the more midfield options, the better, I say. Um I would like to see, um, as I said, some of those players get first dig at it, whether it's that um, Cooney Cross and Gorey and Chidiak combination, that really high energy, high stakes combo, that would be really interesting. With a, Obviously, there's some technical play in there too against the Swedes. So, yeah, it, it's going to be exciting. And um, obviously, Chloe Legazzo needs to build some minutes as well. I'm not sure whether she'll be used as a winger or as another midfield option. That would be interesting. Either way, a lot of play- players who can play midfield. Um, so I'm going to be, yeah, really interested to see how that plays out. And, as I said before, Van Egmont's been called back in after that injury as well. Um, but as we've talked about, not to run over old ground, you'd have to think she'd be more likely to come off the bench if those players impress in training again. Because I think the the midfield, well, the midfielders that played against um, Denmark in particular really deserve a chance to shine. So hopefully we see that. I think the good thing about particularly Sayers' inclusion as well is that it shows that for all of the talk of narrowing the squad and wanting to be consistent and all of those other things, if you are doing good things, that window is still open, that door's still open and the the national team is watching you. So I can imagine it's a really positive thing for Amy to be feeling and everyone else who's kind of on the periphery and on the fringes at the moment. But KK and Amy Sayer are not the only players in this squad. We do have a few others. So We've seen a lot of returns in this squad. So besides KK, Lydia Williams returns, Claire Wheeler returns, Emily Van Egmont, as we've discussed a little bit, and Alana Kennedy as well, which are huge ins. We've got uh, Tilly McNamara uh, retaining her spot as well, which is really exciting. Very interesting discussion we might be having about the defence and whether she gets a go in it. Um, Emma Checker was also called into the previous squad, but... You would have to think she would have retained her spot if she didn't cop an injury, which is really unfortunate for her. We feel like I feel like she's had a really rough trot of injuries of late, to be honest, but she's not the only one. Emily Gilnick's not in this squad because she's injured and Mackenzie Arnold as well. So with those ins and outs and returns, there's a few really interesting questions, I suppose, beyond the midfield, even though we have spent a lot of time on it. So I suppose the first big question is Alana Kennedy's return. So I pose it to both of you, Angela, you can have first crack. Is Alana Kennedy just straight away back into the heart of defence besides Claire Polkinghorne or are you maybe seeing something a little bit different? Hmm. Great great question. Uh, I don't think that she'll go straight back into it. Um, I feel like... Polkenhorn and Lewick have built up a really good like rhythm and chemistry with each other on the field. And I'm not, I think it, yeah, it, it to come into a game against a team like Sweden, it could be potentially a little bit disruptive to put like Alana back in there fresh, but um, I would anticipate probably seeing her like play a full 90 in the Thailand game, for example. Um, so yeah, I, I think the the end goal would presumably be 
to have her and Polk's as the the centre back pair, um, and it's it's so good to see her back on the squad list. But yeah, I don't think that she would be thrown in the deep end necessarily for the first game. That's that's what I'm thinking. I have not too much evidence to support it, but there you go. I don't mind that, Fairy. Um, I personally would be getting Alana Kennedy straight back in there with Claire Polkinghorn um, just because I think they need to build uh, not – they've obviously got a pretty long-standing partnership, but I just think the defence needs to build cohesion um, leading into the World Cup. It's been, I think, one of the areas of the field that's been so disrupted across so many of these friendlies. Like we've had times where Catley's been unavailable or Kennedy on multiple occasions has either had to pull out partway through a game or – um, missed games altogether through injury. Hulks, despite being the oldest one there, has been kind of the, the most reliable in terms of her body. Um, and she will actually bring up the 150 mark if she plays um, either of these games. So that seems an inevitability. So obviously touch wood, but that would be um, that would be fantastic and a great marker, one for Marissa's big list of Tilly's milestones. Um, I, I think they need to get a fly happening with this defence. I think... Um, Kennedy Polkinghorn is our number one central defensive pairing ahead of the World Cup. For me, it makes sense to get them playing together as often as possible, um, as much as possible against different opposition, preferably with um, with Steph Catley and obviously Charlie Grant. It'll be Ellie Carpenter when Carpenter comes back. They need to get this back for building stability as much as possible, and that ties into I'd be keeping Tegan Micah in that defence as well as the starting goalkeeper. I'd be trying to get real solid consistency with the back four or back five if you inc- include the goalkeeper. And going from there, just trying to build. Um, I know that Candy can have the occasional clanger, but she is a, a better central defender than Ivy Lewick. She's younger. Neither of them are particularly quick, but I think Kennedy probably has a little bit on, on Ivy Lewick. And she's got the height. Um, I think those things are all important. I, I think Lewick's perform pretty commendably. I said that after the Denmark game and we know what she can provide. But to be honest, uh, if, if Alana Kennedy's fit and firing and right to go, I, I'd be picking her. Um, I think we'll have to wait and see how she goes before she actually goes into camp or how she pulls up when she actually comes into camp, I mean, because she has had the shoulder injury. So I imagine training form will dictate a bit. But I would hope that after the last window in Australia where Catley and Ford came in with niggles when they probably shouldn't have, there's been a um, maybe better communication from the clubs and everyone that's here is going to be fit and right to go. So, yeah, I, I'd be playing I'd be playing Kennedy with Polkinghorn and I'd be resisting the temptation to to go for Lydia Williams and I'd be playing Tegan Micah in goal. Um, and I'd be trying to keep a lot of consistency. I'd be... Um, yeah, I'd be back in the players that got it done last time and if they're fit and firing and, yeah, I be but beyond that, I would like to actually see the the Polkinghorn Kennedy changes probably the main one I'd make. It's, she hasn't been playing the city, obviously, because of the injury, but I think there's also a bigger question there as to what her role at club level will be over the next little bit as well because I'm not, entirely convinced if she's going to be able to make it back into this city squad as a starting centre-back or if that's the plan that they have for her. That's like a kind of separate topic. But when we're looking at the way these squads have been put together in recent months and it being based on club-level performance, like obviously we don't 
have the luxury of uh, being choosy with our centre-backs, but I think it would be nice to have the luxury of having a centre-back who's getting lots and lots of minutes at club level. And I'm just, yeah, interested to see how that's going to uh, pan out with Kennedy coming back from the shoulder injury as well. I feel like she um, had built a lot more rhythm with City this season compared to last season. I step out and now injured, but I think the way she pairs with Greenwood probably suits her more in terms of that style of, of central defensive pairing. Um, yeah, I, it'll be interesting to see. I think it's a fair point. It'll be a point that we talk about with, um, and Marissa, you talked about this with Mary Fowler um, in one of your recent ESPN columns about players getting game time at club level and how they kick on from there. But yeah, I've, I would like to see Kennedy in. That's that's my simple thought. <laughs> that's the tweet. She wants Kennedy in. But I think, like you were saying, with and you want Micah behind, resist the temptation to um, chuck lids in. And also, I suppose, speaking about not getting a lot of minutes at uh, club, club, oh, my God, not getting a lot of minutes in club land, I absolutely 100% see them chucking leads in for that specific reason. I really do think that they have her maybe earmarked, rubber stamped, whatever kind of phrase you want to use as someone who's not playing but someone who they have very highly in their plan. So if the minutes she's getting is two full 90s in these November friendlies, then that's what they're going to do. That's the vibe I'm getting because... Um, and we've spoken about this before. If we were choosing goalkeepers based on who's playing week in, week out, it would be a battle between Micah and Arnold, but it's not. And it hasn't been. It's been a battle realistically between Micah and Williams. And Williams seems to be winning out, to be honest. So it would not surprise me in the slightest if Williams is the one that gets the nod. And just quickly, um, because you mentioned the stats, so my brain like dinged and my spidey senses tingled and whatnot. So, yes, if Polks plays at least one of these games, she will hit the 150, which is amazing. If she plays both, that will be 151, and that equals Cheryl Salisbury's all-time Matilda's appearance record, which is huge, like unbelievably huge. So we shall watch and see if she equals that record. But, yeah, I my tweet is I think they're going to start Williams in goal personally. Any more thoughts and vibes? Uh, Any more thoughts and vibes? Um, I don't want to see Emily Van Egmont start. (laughs) Sorry. I want, yeah. We we chatted about this uh, a couple of weeks ago after the October friendlies, but um, with this midfield group, yeah, I think I'd like to see... Uh, what we I would like to see the uh, performances from those friendlies kind of like reflected and honored in uh, how we set up for these November November friendlies anyway that's 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 my thought there I suppose the only part of the pitch we haven't actually touched on is the front line and my question is are you making any sort of changes do you still want Ford Kerr Vine do you want to see the 4-4-2 again like is there anything there you really want to change? That's a tough one. I, I liked, I did enjoy the 4 4 2, the throwing all the assets in in one go. Um, Hayley Razzo coming off scoring a, a winner for City as well. She's confident. Um, yeah, Kerr's confident. Uh, obviously, Ford playing well, and Courtney Vine is, is coming off her best couple of games in, in Matilda's colours. So 
I'd love to see him. Obviously, they may have to make other decisions around formation, those sorts of things. I'd love to see the front four again. Um, but if not, I wouldn't I wouldn't mind the the Kerr, Ford, and Vine uh, front three if they go the three. Um, as much as I like Hayley Razzo, um, I think Courtney Vine has really earned a spot over the last couple of games in particular. Um, yeah, and again, I think it will be another topic leading into the actual game and we'll we'll get to it, closer to it, but what happens with Mary Fowler um, and whether she's more likely to to come on as a as a sub or if we actually see a start. And I, I do think we'll see quite a bit of difference between the team against Sweden and the team against Thailand. Um, I'd love to see McNamara, if she impresses in training and that, get a go against Thailand, much like I'd like to see Saya. I'd love to see how those players perform. Um, but otherwise, yeah, bring it on. Sweden in Melbourne. How good? I really Hello, hope Melbourne. How good? Enoughs to like, uh, to, surely we have Swedish nuffs in Melbourne. Anyway, well, I'll get to, I'll get to find out. I'm excited. <laughs> I'm very excited for this game. It's going to be so much fun. It is going to be an absolute bucket of fun, and I'm pretty sure there are still tickets on sale. The The pinned tweet over on the Matilda's account from memory is that about 10,500 tickets are sold, and I'm really hoping we have exceeded that number by now because we can't be complaining every time New South Wales gets a game and then not show up to the game we do get. So come on, Victoria, um, do the thing, go out, see the Tillies. It's going to be a Saturday afternoon. Like, surely it's going to be an absolutely phenomenal day out. But, um, yeah, you're right in the sense, I was just going to say, in these two friendlies, you really hope that we go full throttle against Sweden and maybe respectfully um, have a little more variation against Thailand. Although I was saying uh, to a friend of the pod, Mike Wise, today that I'm always weary of Thailand. That 2018 Asian Cup semi-final has scarred me for life. So I will always be that little bit afraid of Thailand, but it's going to be a phenomenal series nonetheless. We will have hopefully a proper preview pod a little bit closer to uh, kickoff. And obviously we will review both games as well. So we have Australia taking on Sweden Saturday, November 12th, 2.45pm Australian Eastern Daylight Time kickoff. And then Thailand up in Gosford on the 15th of November, a 7.30pm Australian Eastern Daylight Time kickoff. But That's us done for today. Remember, you can find us on ESPN.com.au and the ESPN app. We are on Spotify, Apple and Google, all of the pod spots. If you like what we do, leave a review and subscribe. If you want to chat to us, we're at the Far Post Pod on all social media. But until next time, go Tillies and see us.